Welcome to Middle School Walk and Talk, a podcast series offering heart, hope, and help to members of our middle school communities. Take a walk with hosts Phyllis Bagel and Joe Mazza as they discuss self-care, student well-being, school culture, and more. Middle School Walk and Talk is designed to support the concepts found in the book, The Successful Middle School, This We Believe, and is a production of the Association for Middle Level Education. Learn more at amle.org. Today's episode, the most dangerous part of the climb is the descent, pacing and recovery as the vaccine rolls out. Hey, Phyllis, how's it going? Good. How are you? Actually, I feel like I shouldn't answer with good because we both know that we're lying Uh, if we answer with good. The plastic. (laughs) Hey, how you doing? Great. You know, it's (laughs) plastic, right? It's plastic, but at least you're acknowledging somebody, right? Yes, exactly. It's, uh, I'm tired of saying hello to people with my eyes, um, you know, so it's, it's nice. You know, that's the one good thing about Zoom, right? I, if I could not hear another Zoom ding, you know, for the next 10 years, would be great. But Zoom is the only place I get to see people's face and smile, um, you know, whatnot, not, not in our buildings. So sure, it makes a huge difference. It does. It does. So um, there's some good news. Um Versus, you know, some of the things that we've been dealing with over the last couple of news, teachers are starting to get vaccines as some states. I think there's 20, 28 states or so at this point and rising that um, are now eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. Yes. And I'm so happy to see how many states are prioritizing teachers. I do know that there are some supply issues. So even if a teacher is eligible in some states, they may not be able to get an appointment. Here in D.C., we've had a different kind of controversy where teachers have really been pitted against teachers. So private school teachers have not been given priority and public school teachers have. And for the private school teachers who've been teaching in person all year, it's it feels like a real blow. Mm-hmm. So that's been an interesting situation to resolve for, for that group of people. Absolutely. You know, there's something to be said for teachers that have been in, um, you know, having to wait just because, you know, where they are, what kind of school they are versus some teachers that have not been in and have been remote and are in the front of the line, you know, so I, I can totally see how that is um, pitting people against each other here in the state of New York. Um, Governor Cuomo put uh, educators as part of the first responders in 1B. So, um, you know, I was reflecting with some teachers, you know, most times when teachers are brought up on a national scale, it isn't like out of a a root of, uh, I guess, respect. Um, But I think uh, myself and our colleagues, I think we felt respected to be, you know, toward that front of the line and, and, and able to kind of be um, you know, able to get that vaccine. So I got one in, in my left arm. Um, and I, I think you did too, right? I did. I actually qualified though as a mental health therapist because I'm licensed through the Maryland Board of Health. So I was able to uh, join the group in 1B as well. Yeah. Was, was, was it, did it hurt? Yes. I think that I'm less brave than you are, Joe. I know it didn't hurt you at all, but I, my arm was so sore. I couldn't sleep on it that night. I just kept tossing and turning, but I'm so grateful to have it. So that's not, that's not a complaint, but you're tougher than I am. Uh, No, I I mean, I looked at, normally I don't look at a needle. I looked at that thing was long, you know, but um, it was a, it was kind of a sigh of relief. It was kind of an emotional moment, quite honestly, just knowing we've been running from this thing for seven, eight months now. And um, I finally got, a half a shield, 
uh, on me. We got to get our you know our second dose uh, here in a couple of weeks, but um, it's 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 just it's it's nice. It's a nice feeling knowing that you know there's a a lower chance now that I'm going to bring something home from from work or um, into you know elderly family members. Um, yeah, and actually, that's something I'm hearing from a lot of colleagues. Um, just that they feel like they will really breathe a sigh of relief when their elderly parents or uh, more at-risk family members are vaccinated as well. Uh, I can physically see uh, the anxiety going down a bit in our building. You know, each day there's a different teacher that either comes in and was vaccinated the day before or. Um, you know, is leaving early this day to get vaccinated. Our district has been um, kind enough to support those teachers. If they've got to leave to get a vaccine, go, we'll cover you. You know, you don't need to take a day, um, you know, to, to do that. So I feel like that's a great give back for our, our teachers. And, um, you know, I, I know everybody's talking about, is there going to be enough vaccines? Am I going to be able to go back and get the second dose or whatnot? And, you know, I, I can't even worry about that right now. You know, I feel like we're starting to, um, you know, see improvement and, and truly look at this curve as going down and things are getting brighter, you know, and it's it's much easier to start to have conversations to reassure kids, not that when things get better, but look, look at the data, you know, it's, it's getting better, less people are going into the hospital. Um, more people are getting vaccines. Uh, the world is getting healthier. Yes, there's these other strands that we've got to keep our eyes on, but um, you know, it's it's exciting to see things trending in the right direction um, across the board, not just here in New York. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too to see how people are reacting to the good news or to the change in. Uh, everything from the political situation uh, to changing the administration to the vaccines. I feel like some people are starting to let their guard down a bit. And that is a good thing for some people. I know you were sharing a story and I'll let you share that now about all of your faculty and staff and their Peloton experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, organic things are the best, right? You know, you can plan it and it's gotta be perfect and this and that, but um, you know, one of our teachers, you know, call her out, Laurie Lichtenstein. Um, she is a, actually, she went to the AMLE conference with us last year. I think you met her. You were sitting. I did. A, I did. I sat uh, on a stool next to her. Yes. Yes. Laurie is an ELA, a social studies teacher. And, 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 but really she brings people together, you know, and not just through education, but, you know, she has a Peloton and uh, there's a growing number of people that have a Peloton. I don't have a Peloton. Um, I would not be able to carry on my marriage if I spent $2,500 on a bike right now. Um, but, um, there are people that have bikes. There are people that have these Bluetooth, um, um, what are they called? Uh, cadence meters. So it kind of tracks you and, and you don't have to have like the Peloton bike, but you can have a bike, um, the app, and then, you know, a sensor that's on the bike to really participate. So, uh, I think there's 23, 24 of our teachers that every week there's a ride or two that they all ride. And um, I recently joined. I'm certainly not anywhere near them, uh, but it's a, just a sense of camaraderie. Um, you know, there's not an option for us to like go bowling anymore or have a happy hour or get together for, for many things. But, um, you know, for people that are still on the January 1st, let's get fit. Um, you know, new year goals, um, you know, it's working. And uh, I think people need 
to find different ways to be social, but to be healthy and to be social and to hang out with people that you care about. Um, it's working. So it's, it's just nice to see that, you know, and we plan a lot for leadership and, you know, we have nothing to do with this. And it's a beautiful thing to see teachers coming together and, you know, talking with other teachers, the numbers have climbed from like 15 people up to 25. And it's just cool to see those things. So I'm hoping that, you know, any listeners out there can share some of the things that um, are happening in their own schools. Um, How are you bringing your colleagues together? Uh, whether you're an administrator or you're a teacher, what are you all doing, um, you know, to, to do those things? I think that's especially important now because so many teachers, and this is true across professions too, are feeling like life is a little boring and monotonous and that they work and then they go to sleep and then they get up and they work some more. And so we have to work a little bit harder to introduce some fun and some novelty and some connection into our lives. At my school, we have Monday yoga, which I will fully admit I have not participated in, although I'm sure that I should. But what they have done is created a space in the physical building where people who are comfortable doing socially distanced masked yoga can do it, but also you can join by Zoom if you prefer. And so for people who do like yoga and who are looking for a way to connect, that's been a very positive experience. And I aspire to get there. It's for anybody who works at my school. Okay. Is it before school? It's at, it's after school on Mondays. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I think you should participate. Probably not this Monday because it's going to snow, but. um, (laughs) Maybe on Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, that's important. You know, we talk about the walk and talk. It's, it's 14 degrees here in New York as we record this. So I am not walking um, and talking today. I'm talking over Zoom or recording this. Um, It's going to get warmer soon in another month or so. And we'll get back to the walk and talk. (laughs) That's Uh, true. And, you know, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I do want to point out that while some people have this renewed energy now that there's there are these positive developments and they're jumping on their Peloton or they're doing yoga, uh, there's probably an equal, if not greater number of people who suddenly are deteriorating. My theory is that the fact that things are not quite as dire is giving them an opportunity to let down their guard just enough to kind of feel the feels. And sometimes it's when you stop feeling like you have to be in that constant state of hypervigilance that you actually allow yourself to fall apart. And, and I'm seeing a lot of that now as well. So if for anyone listening who's in that situation, who feels like they're doing worse, that's also a completely normal response to where we are at this point in time. And I do think we need to do whatever we need to do. I was sharing with Joe before we started recording an interaction I had with my head of school yesterday. I came in and she was dressed to the nines. Her nails were done. She got her own gel kit to do them at home. And she was in a dress and she really has pulled herself together beautifully every single day for our hybrid program. And meanwhile, my style has gone down the tubes, not quite as bad as Joe's hair that I'm looking at right now, which was hilarious. I'll, I'll probably tweet out a picture because it's, I thought it was a wig actually at first. Um, with, I say I that like a loving, you I do. Look like you look bon like a Jovi rocker. Used to look like right, Bon Jovi. We saw last week playing music. He he doesn't look like this anymore. But, but yeah. yeah. So she she saw me and I was carrying an extra shirt and she she was asking me why I had the extra shirt and I said because I put on a real shirt today 
And I don't think I'm going to last the whole day in a real shirt. And I might want to change into my really soft sweatshirt. And I did change into my really soft sweatshirt. And for me, that was self-care, just having, wrapping myself in comfortable fabric. So whatever people need to do to, to just feel like they're taking care of themselves, I think is, is incredibly important. I think your administrator and the culture of your school to just be okay with that. I think there's some really, you know, strict uh, dress code policies in some places, you know, here we're pretty relaxed. We're professional. We're relaxed. We're relatable. Um, Fridays is certainly um, spirit day, you know, where your where your spirit, where your jeans and whatnot. But, um, you know, I, I think we got to give, continue to give people the okay, continue to leave with care and compassion whether it's with a colleague um, or it's with a parent you're talking with um, over a meeting um, and, and with the kids. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I think it's really important what you said that we're not all doing great. I, I feel a lot better as things are trending in the right direction, having a vaccine, having people around me that I care about get vaccines, but people are still dying at a huge clip. You know, there's a, a lot of people that, you know, died in 9-11 and there's more people that died in 9-11 dying still every day in this country. It's it's hard to even fathom, you know, um, but, you know, and, and as as educators, I, I think, you know, we're only as happy as our students There's that expression. You know, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. And I think there's a lot of truth to that and also a lot of applicability to working with kids in the school setting. And I can see that my students are really not doing that well. A lot of them are struggling much more than they were even at the beginning of this school year. And I say that as someone who is seeing them in person. So it's not just about remote school versus in-person school. It's, it's more complicated than that. It's just been dragging on for so long and they don't have as much life experience or perspective. And so for them, it's hard to really see that this is going to come to an end as a, as a portion of their life. It's just a bigger proportion of their life. But I feel like I will really relax a lot more and allow myself to just feel a little bit more joy when I can see that the kids are doing better too. Yeah. For us, quarter two ended today. And um, over the last week or so, I've been on a, a whole bunch of parent Zooms, um, teacher Zooms. Um, and, you know, we, we've had quite a few kids really struggling um, and not just ADHD and procrastinating and everything that's due, you know, for the last couple of weeks, they're going to do these this week. Um, but, you know, along with ADHD, anxiety and depression oftentimes run with ADHD. And, you know, we're seeing lots of characteristics of that in our classrooms. And, you know, our goal is to make sure that we're absolutely being transparent with the home so they know that the kid that's leaving they know what's happening. Middle schoolers don't come up and say, hey, mom, dad, I did this at school and I did that and I did that. They're, they're kind of like either going into their video game or, you know, grabbing, going to the refrigerator or, or wherever that is. But, you know, it, it's so important that we're working together on this for these kids. They, we can't, you know, any, any year that's important. But, you know, right now we've known since day one that this was going to be hard and there's going to be lasting effects and impacts. And maybe it didn't necessarily happen for this kid or for, for this kid in the beginning, but, you know, we're talking almost a year now of dealing with this um, and not being able to escape. And it's definitely hitting kids right now. And, and what's interesting to me, and I've noticed this more in the last couple of weeks is that some of the kids who are struggling now are 
the least likely suspects for someone who would be struggling. These are kids who are really glass half full, optimistic, joyful kids. And I think they're suffering more because they're blindsided by the fact that they're feeling low. They just are not accustomed to feeling that way. They don't have the tools in place. And I've been saying all along that one of the at least shades of gray, if not silver linings of the pandemic is that kids are being forced to develop these coping mechanisms. But I think we have to recognize they don't have them yet, particularly kids who have not faced much in the way of adversity. And so for those kids who we might not necessarily go out of our way to check in with because they seem pretty well-adjusted, pretty easygoing. We don't want to neglect those kids. We need to check in with everybody, not just the kids who struggled prior to the pandemic. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I figure since this is an AMLE walk and talk podcast, we should probably reference the new This We Believe. Oh, it's so um, good. Right, right. We, uh, we just started a um, book chat um, earlier this week. We had our department chairs jigsaw the whole book um, and kind of work in partners to pull from it, right? Like, like, let's see what's there, recommit, you know, to the to the vision here. Um, and really start to compare, okay, this is what's, this is what's going on here. This is what um, should be happening in a middle school. We're not a junior high, we're a middle school because of these reasons, um, you know, and, and really, really kind of, as we've been talking about how much we've been talking to families, you know, it, it really hits home in that first part, the culture and community um, of, you know, the school engages families as valued partners. And, you know, Karen Mapp and, and Ann Henderson would say, take it to the next level and say equal partners, um, equal partners. We have to be equal partners on, on, on both, on both uh, ends, the school and the home. And, you know, uh, historically, middle school is where, you know, parents kind of, okay, see you later, you know, son, daughter yeah. at elementary school. I'm like, all right, let's go in, let's do this. And middle school, it's like, eh. But this is not high school. This is not college. You know, I, I strongly believe that, you know, we should invite parents in equally, just as much as we did in elementary school. They might do different things, but, um, you know, we, we have to make sure that they feel like they are part of the equation and not that, okay, your kids are bigger now. They are bigger, but there's little kids in them big bodies. Um, I think it's, it's just really important that we constantly remind them that too, um, because when you're bigger, sometimes you get treated like you're older and uh, we can't afford to do that, especially right now. No, I, I completely agree. And I think one of the way, ways that we can support one another is to share our observations. So parents can share with us what they're seeing with their kids at home. We can share with them what we're seeing at school. And we can incorporate some of the same strategies in both settings to reinforce what the other one is doing and really recognize that, you know, first of all, the child is the expert in their own life, but both the teachers and the parents can add so much color to what's going on in their experience. And I think another thing that's helpful to share with parents is that just the psychological piece of the end of the pandemic or hitting, getting closer to the end of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I spoke mm -hmm. to uh, an endurance athlete, to Caroline Gleish, who's a professional ski mountaineer. And I initially talked to her because I kept hearing this phrase that the most dangerous part of the climb is the descent, because that's when you're dehydrated. That's when you're elated that you've hit your goal and maybe you lose your focus. You're more likely to get injured. And when I asked her if that was true, she, she said, you know, there are some parallels, but what really struck her in the analogy between endurance sports and between the, and the pandemic is this idea of pacing and recovery. Mm 
And so as we're going into this last stretch of the pandemic to really be checking in with our kids and with ourselves and saying, what do I need right now? Do I need a mental health day? Do I need someone to tell me that I can do it? Do I need permission to fall apart because we can't all be strong all of the time? Sometimes we just need to let down our guard and have a good cry. Do I need somebody to come relieve some of my duties in the school setting? Whatever it happens to be, but this is a time to really focus on what we need to get through. And, you know, whether it's a very comfortable velour shirt (laughs) and sneakers instead of professional clothes or whether it's a communal Peloton ride with your colleagues, but taking some time to give that some thought and to help kids figure out what they need to and parents. It's a good time to revisit, you know, dopamine, you know, all the different ways that, you know, you get that dopamine drip, whether you're sitting by the window, going outside and taking a walk. Um, You know, the, we, we have to continue to remind ourselves how to smile. Um, This too shall pass. Um, and, um, I'm thankful for you, Phyllis. You got a, you got another article that completely hit the spot, um, this week, um, on just building a child's resilience. And, you know, I've, I've got four kids at home and one of them right now is really, we're really having a hard time with, and, and it's, you know, I, I empathize with our parents, um, you know, that we're dealing with at a middle school, even though it's an elementary kid, there's just so many things, only so many things that we can continue to do um, right now to stay safe. And um, it's, it's been really hard. So I, I appreciate you sharing everything, you know, that you shared. And uh, you talk about one of them is leveraging your interests. And um, that's been hard because the interests aren't that long and big, you know, video games and going to my mom's and annoying my brothers and sisters seem to be the three interests. No matter how much we try to hit books or this or that, we, we got a couple electric guitars a couple weeks ago. So we're trying, we're trying. It is hard. I empathize with all the parents out there, the teacher parents. Um, that's what most of us talk about more often than not is like, how are we doing with parenting when we check in with our teachers? You know? Well, I appreciate you too, Joe, and you always keep it real, which is so nice. Uh, I love that when we text each other or talk to one another, we don't sugarcoat anything. And I think that that's important to model for all of the people around us as well, that we don't need to put on some false front, that we can keep it real. And we're going to have good days where we are smiling and feeling joyful. And we're going to have days where it's harder to get off the couch or harder to get through another day of instruction. And that's okay. Uh, You know, I'm trying to lower my standards just a little bit. I hold myself to very, very high standards. And I, it's something that I have to remind myself to do daily. Otherwise it's just not going to be a good thing for my well-being. but I always enjoy these conversations. It makes my day and it's great to see you. Yeah, I know we're, we're, we're looking at each other on zoom, uh, which is a a rarity, but um, at, at home, um, let's, let's, let's get the hashtag going. I feel like we need to kind of get in, whether we're on Twitter, whether on Facebook, you know, we want to hear the things that you connect with, uh, on this podcast. We want to hear your ideas on how you're bringing your colleagues together. Um, how are you, you know, managing your own self-care on a day-to-day, um, what are you doing with your kids? Uh, you know, I think we just need to continue to stay social in the ways that we have, you know, right now. Things are getting better. I think we got to just keep telling ourselves that things are getting better. We can see it. Um, And um, soon, not tomorrow, but soon we're going to start feeling like we did a year ago before all this started. I heard 
just the other day an analogy to weather that we have to remind ourselves that just because it's raining today doesn't mean that the sun won't come out tomorrow, you know, right. and, and the sun will come out tomorrow. Right. Maybe not 20, literally 20 days to pitchers and catchers. <laughs> yes. That's, that's baseball is that sun, you know, for, <laughs> for, for us. So, all right, Phyllis, good, good chatting with you. Same. Uh, Thank you. Well, uh, if you have an idea for a podcast, um, share it with us, DM us. Um, hope everybody's doing great. Have a great week. <laughs>